Okay, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Cherry Healy, wow. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. I would travel very far and very wide to hang out with you. You're just an angel. So I'm really excited because this is the first time we've really properly hung out. I know. I know. And I met you when I was big and pregnant, remember? Oh, you're so beautiful. And you have the most beautiful energy in the whole world. Everyone speaks so highly of you. And I was like, who is this woman? And so when you invited me on this podcast, I was like, yes, 100%. When can we do it? I'm so, so I'm excited. Thrilled. I'm so excited. So this podcast is all about aesthetics, mm. wellness, lifestyle, health, women's health, and lessons from leaders. And literally, like you were one of the first that came to mind. So thank you so much for joining. Those of you who are listening or watching and who don't know Cherry Healy, Cherry is a BBC TV presenter, presenter of 10 Years Younger, presenter of, of uh, women's health, presenter of In the Factory, and mum of two amazing little munchkins, and so much more. Cherry, tell me a little bit more about you. How did you get into media in the first place? Well, I wanted to be a director at the beginning, and so I wrote to a hundred thousand different production companies and finally after much um, poking the BBC said okay come and do some work experience and it was a time when those people were being made redundant and everyone said you're crazy but I was like someone's got to make TV and they've got to be runners to make it work so I just was so persistent and finally I got my foot in the door and I tell you for all the career highs I've had, and I've been so grateful and, and so privileged to have some really exciting experiences, nothing will ever beat getting that first laminated pass card and going into the BBC as an official person. That was euphoric. Oh, I can euphoric. just it. And I couldn't believe that I worked there and I worked really hard. It was one of the most fun times in my life. I had no money at all. <laughs> I had to move home. I lived off... Um, bagels wrapped in foil and I cycled to work and I just couldn't have been happier I felt like I'd really found my vocation I'd found my calling so what how old were you then how, when did that I happen? was probably I came to it relatively late because most runners um, are fresh out of uni but I'd had a couple of years working in marketing and events I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do so I was probably 20 24 mm. 24 25 yeah and then I worked my way up I was a runner um, researcher assistant producer talk to me about a runner like I'm imagining running oh, but that's not what running it is. Is, uh, the runners are be nice to every runner you meet they are the glue that holds things together Amazing. in the, the telly world and they often become commissioners and this is the thing like have respect for people whether they're making your coffee whether they are buying you sushi or a sandwich or driving the car have respect for absolutely everyone because there are people that I've worked with who were runners at the same time as me, my peers, who are now heads of channels. And they are amazing. And I salute you all. You know who you are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I did that. And then... Everyone starts somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone it. deserves respect and everyone has valued regardless of the, the exactly. what's, you know, their title. Yeah. So, and also, you know, in terms of happiness, I think it was a really good example of you're always chasing after something but appreciate where you are in the moment. But I, I was... I had no money. I didn't have any status. I didn't. And I was really, really happy to be on that bit of the journey. And I always remember that because there's always, there's always more you can do. I remember thinking you've got, you've got to try and sit in where you're at in yeah. the journey. Being so present in the now. Being the present. And then I was very lucky and I got an opportunity to do some presenting for a show and I jumped at it. Although it hadn't been my plan, mm. there was a really natural progression. Mm. Um, I was sorry not to pursue my career in directing. 
And even now I slightly still kind of have that itch, but I've been so lucky with the presenting. It's worked really well with being a parent and I've done some amazing things. And so that's how I got into that. Amazing. I mean, I hear I hear everything that you're saying and like you're you're talking about it like directorship might not happen, but the world's your oyster. Exactly. You're just getting started. You're still in your infancy. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was a really lovely organic progression. I think it's that it's that funny balance in life of having a plan, being motivated, but allowing life to let you pivot. Yeah. So and being flexible where doors open. And this was a really wonderful door to have opened. Yeah. Super organic. Um, yeah. It was, I was very, very lucky to be in the right place at the right time. So then how did you get into aesthetics? So I suppose the overarching passion of my life is looking after women. Yeah. Elevating their voice, mm. amplifying their voice. That's what I'm good at. Yeah. Not good at lots of things, but I am good at communicating, I think. You're and amazing. I, well, I'm def it's definitely <laughs> a lot of things. Better than my mathematical <laughs> skills. So I'm going with that for now. So and I go where the strength is. Exactly. <laughs> following that one. Um, not equations. So and I just love women. Yeah. I grew up with three brothers. Love I love men as well. Yeah. I mean I'm, you know. However, I remember that feeling when I went to I went to boarding school and I was eleven. And yeah. having grown up with three brothers who I adore, I'm very lucky. I have lovely, lovely brothers and lovely male friends. But suddenly when I was 11, I went to an all-girls boarding school and it was like, oh, oh my God, surrounded by all these amazing women and they're like my sisters now. And so this female camaraderie that I got, and I love, I'm quite sporty, so I really had this amazing experience of what the power of women, yeah. the sheer joy yeah. of when women get in a gang and look after each other and support yeah. each other and challenge each other and push each other. There's such a euphoric, euphoric excitement that I find in that camaraderie with other women. 100%. Um, and, but I also see that women, as, as I've progressed through my years, I've seen that women do not have a voice in society and women are often let down and especially in, in medical environments. And there's this funny idea that if a woman wants to look after herself physically then what comes with that is there's shallowness and there's vanity and I just don't see that at all yeah you can be have m many layers you can be fathoms deep have empathy and care and still love medical procedures I mean aesthetics procedures yeah still love fashion still love treatment still love products yeah it's we're not one-dimensional so I, that's one of the reasons that I love aesthetic the aesthetics world because I see so many I get to meet people like you who are passionate about women and it's not all and I've love I love treatments but it's also I've been really lucky to do 10 years younger which was one of the most amazing shows I've ever made in terms of getting to watch people blossom yeah and you know these treatments are they help people to feel more confident yeah I couldn't and that more. bleeds into every other part of their life yeah. so that's been that's why I love this area so I remember seeing you at um, the Aesthetic Awards and when you were opening up your speech, you talked about how you felt this industry needed the advocacy and mm. that actually what we do is not skin deep. And you and I know this and mm. we've talked about this in the past. It's something that I'm super passionate about. Mm. And I think for the last, I'd say, decade, I feel like I've been singing this kind of on my own, being like, mm. guys, this is not skin deep. And, you know, when I started out in the industry, it was very much like, injecting lips or injecting nasolabial folds and mm. and that's what 
It was. That's all we had, three areas of Botox. But there wasn't really when I started, we were not doing a lot of facial deformity treatments. Mm. Um, and thankfully, it's evolved significantly since then. And what I find I see a lot of my clinic is I treat a lot of patients with facial deformity. I had facial deformity. I had an accident when Did I was younger. Did you? I didn't yeah. know that. Do you mind me asking what happened? So I was eight years old. And um, do you remember Jungle Book? Yes, very, very much. <laughs> Love Jungle Book. It had just come out. And do you remember Woolworths? So we're yes, in <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I was in Woolworths with my sister. Jungle Book came out and it was like everywhere. And I said to my mom, please buy me Jungle Book. I really want to watch this video. So she was like, okay. Bought it, went home. And she's also a dental surgeon. And she was like, go and brush your teeth before you watch it. So I was like, okay, of course, <laughs> you know, healthcare background. So I go upstairs <laughs> and I'm like so excited. I jump up on the bathtub and the bath was wet and there was a broken tile and I slipped and I cut my face from like here to here. No. Back. Yeah. Blood everywhere. And oh. It was my lip was hanging off by <gasps> threads. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you, but also your poor, poor mother. I know. I know. She found you. Actually, my sister found me yeah. and screamed and, and I was just like, went into wow. shock. I, like, I lost blood rapidly. Um, and my mom came, my dad's a surgeon as well. So he came and he was like, okay, no one panic. And they were not panicking, you know, they're both in healthcare, mm. but I could see from their faces, this is bad. This is bad. And they shimmied, it was at night, so they shimmied off my other sisters to someone else's house. We yeah. went to the hospital and they, my dad called a friend and a friend stitched me up and I went to school the next day. Went I, to school the next day. Yeah. My dad was one of those like, you know, you're not dead. What? You're in school. <laughs> can you walk you're off going you go. in off you go here's your pack lunch off your trot careful of the stitches don't exactly. laugh exactly literally oh uh, he's one of those like what do you mean you got 99% my daughter doing it 100% like, like, what are you doing so that's my background wow so I and I remember when I went in my teacher was obviously horrified and so were all the other eight-year-olds because I was like bruised battered <laughs> 42 stitches intraoral inside the mouth extraoral wow. on the face and my teacher called me baby horror. Now, I just want to say for anyone listening, just in case my year three teacher's listening, I don't blame her for it. She didn't mean bad, but that name, baby horror, stuck. Wow. And she told me to sit at the back of the class so that no one else would get scared. Oh, and I guess it was, you know, looking back on it, it, it impacted me. Mm, but I... I bet. Of course I, it did. I imagine it must have been difficult for her as well. She was probably slightly trying to protect me from anyone staring and speaking yeah, and so on. Of course. So for like a week, I went from being like pet at the front to right at the back. Oh, <laughs> darling, are those things go into our bones? I know. They go into it's, our bones. And, we, and it's such it? a formative age. I know. I bet you remember it really vividly. Vividly. Right, I remember I it vividly. Of course, that feeling. I'm, even when I talk about it, I'm like, I feel myself get emotional about yeah, it. Of course. But um, so then after that, for years... It was very, a very obvious scar until yeah. I had my needling and laser and so on. I was going to say, I mean, you, it's it's just invisible now. Well, it's still there. You can see it when I point it out. Fine. I, yeah. I mean, I have to say, obviously, <laughs> I've been looking. And you, so that I so that's why you're so passionate about this and why yeah. you speak about it. Yeah. Which is why people talk about you the way they do. You have this innate, um, empathetic, compassionate energy about you because you understand why it means so much for people to get these treatments and why and for some people it maybe they don't have a backstory like that but it can still elevate someone and give someone so much confidence and yeah and for other people it's actually a bit life-changing totally 100 percent. and you know i think i like 
I really get it. Hmm, I really understand really the impact it hmm. has. I remember when I was eight writing a letter to my the, the guy that stitched me, the surgeon, and I was like, I'm going to do, when I grow up, I'm going to help people who've been through trauma and like 30 years no later, here I am. Oh God, that's honestly, so amazing. Honestly, I remember it vividly. And actually, I still know him. He's, he's, wow. um, he's retired. He's a dean now. But yeah, he's just amazing. So that kind of, I guess, fueled my passion. And then I had acne and then I had acne scarring. Okay. So there were multiple points in life mm. where I was impacted by my physical appearance. And I really don't dismiss the impact it has on your confidence and your well-being and your self-esteem. Why do you think we do that? Why do you think as a society we place, it's this really weird dichotomy because on one hand, we place so much importance on the physical because we're yeah. physical beings. I'm, yeah. And I believe in God and yeah. I'm a spiritual person. Yeah. And I believe we're primarily spiritual beings in a like a weird flesh vehicle, yeah. right? That's my view on life. However, we are physical. Yeah. We are in a physical realm and we are yeah. physical beings. Yeah. So we place this big importance on that. Yeah. But, but we don't allow people to then freely enjoy, tweak, change, yeah. play with, yeah. in like love. Yeah. We judge people who... We absolutely We judge, judge people, people who want to look better yeah. it's like we're not allowed to do that yeah yeah the judgment is it's very weird it's, it's you can't it, really win you know basically what? Please use a spectrum so like and i talk about this a lot from uh wearing makeup to dyeing your hair to blocking your eyebrows to chasing your ears to, i mean everything it's a spectrum right and yeah. it goes from beauty to medical and i think what we do injectables is very much medical mm. and i'm hugely championing change in the uk because mm. it's an underregulated industry as you know yes but hopefully big fan. licensing is coming yes and uh and when and, and what i've seen in my journey because i did dental surgery i did um then i went into maxillofacial surgery and i did that for three and a half years and then i went into facial aesthetics like i said at that time it was very much augmenting lips yeah nasolabial folds botox three areas and i remember when I did my aesthetic training, I was like, oh, there's got to be more. And I had just come from a background of maxillofacial surgery, which is trauma, road traffic accidents, oral cancers, mm. um, congenital facial deformity if someone's born with a weak chin or a bump on their nose. And yes, it's a spectrum. And ultimately, it's the burden that we treat. Because you might have, like, I could have walked around with my scar and totally, you know, caned that. But it mm. wasn't for me. It impacted me. Yeah. So I'm not going and saying to everyone who has a scar or who has a bump on their nose, go and fix that. It's down to you and how it yeah. makes you feel. Yeah. But what I found really interesting coming from a background of dental surgery is in dentistry, when people want to straighten their teeth or whiten their teeth, you know what society says? They never say shame on you and why are you doing that? So, they go, absolutely, oh, go straighten your teeth. You should do this. Let me recommend my dentist. So <laughs> why on earth, if we get fillers, Botox, yeah. laser treatment, yeah. is there... This oh, gasp if you admit right. it. Yeah, exactly. Why is right. why is there that disparity between dental work yeah. and dental aesthetics yeah. and facial? I don't understand that. I've never yeah. I've never thought about that before. Yeah, and for me, it's very very palpable. Uh, why I don't know why, um, but I see it a lot, and I see it with my patients who come in, and when they you know same patients that I used to see ten years ago for orthodontic treatment who I know told their friends celebrated it you know put it online and they come and they go I want to get this done but don't tell anyone you know or I'm really sorry and like they're apologetic about their existence or their requests and there's always a why by the way like when patients are coming and they're sitting in my chair and they're saying I don't like this or I want to change my nose yeah. or these lines of wrinkles are bothering me there is a motivational factor there yeah. is a reason that they are there that day yeah and I always start with that. Why? Why right. now? Yeah. Right. And that can be 
things going on in their personal mm. life or it could be financial they've been waiting to do it and yeah. they just haven't been able to afford it for a long time or it may be hormonal related changes like yes. menopause or the perimenopause yes. and that's what I see a lot of and it's a huge it's a huge huge thing and I think whilst the tide is changing and people are becoming a little bit more open to it the stigma still exists. Very People much. are still apologetic. They are still embarrassed. They're still shameful. And society judges them. Society openly shames them like, mm. you know, you should feel good in your skin. Okay, well, why are you having, why are you wearing makeup then? Like, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> How do you draw the line? It's People spectrum, always right? to, I always think this is funny. They go, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe in Botox. I, I, you know, I just don't think needles in your face is a good idea. And I'm like, listen, Jill, <laughs> your ears are pierced. <laughs> exactly. You've got two enormous yeah. circles of metal through your ears yeah so yeah right yeah so how do you draw that line uh, where do you draw, where that, do you draw line? that line so where do you draw the line and yeah. the reality is we all draw the line ourselves mm. on the spectrum but that is a personal view totally absolutely totally personal view and what i want to do like legacy wise my why as well i really want to change i want to break the stigma associated with our industry and i want to shift the conversation from being one centered around vanity because that's how it's perceived right yeah. now as no different to as an extreme beauty treatment that's how it's viewed mm, absolutely to being centered around wellness because it's not a beauty treatment it is a medical treatment there is an intervention yes this is a change but it's one that does carry risk and whilst non-surgical facial rejuvenation often is reversible so mm. it's not surgical there is still risks. Uh -huh. And so I think, you know, I think we need to, we, us aesthetic practitioners need to be, need to champion the change. We need to break down the stigma. But also us users and yeah. your clients yeah. where we can, you know, I'm supposed to be an advocate for women. That's yeah. my yeah. reason I'm on planet earth. Yeah. Part of that is honesty. Yeah. Part of that is integrity for me. Yeah. So talking about things and, and not, not everything I have. A, I absolutely have a privacy boundary. Yeah. You know, there are some things that are just for me. Yeah. Like my relationships are just for me yeah. and my kids. I don't yeah. talk about them. You know, I don't have them online, for yeah. example, I don't mind talking about them, but so I have my privacy boundary, of course, and not everything is for sale. However, when it comes to this, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, do you know, it's funny when you were saying that about, you know, and I, this is absolutely a, a common criticism of the risk. Yeah. The risk. Yeah. But if a man was going skiing. Yeah. Or going base jumping. Yeah. Or going kite <laughs> surfing. Or any extreme sport. Yeah. Would anyone bat an eyelid? Of course not. You wouldn't be in fact. You'd go, oh, Jeff's gone skiing again. Or he's come back with a broken arm again. Yeah. He's broken his femur again. Yeah. You wouldn't bat an eyelid. You'd yeah. just, you go, oh, he's kind of cool, isn't he? <laughs> so that risk, yeah. that risk argument is thin. It's nuanced. I totally agree. And I think... It's I judgment. It's, it's judgment. It's, it's judgment. Al do you know, it's almost... This is what... In, in terms of the, like, why do we have this judgment? You know, it's a very yeah. much like, oh, you know, yeah. Susan went to get a facelift yeah. or Susan yeah. went yeah. to get fillers. And did you know? <laughs> I'm trying to get to, like, the the motive of that yeah. feeling. And it's almost like that woman is cheating. Mm. She's cheating. Um, and I don't like it because it then people are in parity. But people aren't parity anyway yeah. you know they're someone might have a lot more money than me and be able to buy nicer clothes mm. go to nice holidays go yeah. you know so there is no parity yeah. and it's like some people don't care so it's a funny it's a it's funny that aesthetic treatments still hold that judgment i know i know uh, but i think and i hope in my lifetime that will change 
Um, I'm certainly working on it. Yeah, I love that you <laughs> are. I love that you are. And I want to stop being the like uh, the best kept secret. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Also, I think with you know, if my if my mantra is to look after women and love women, yeah. um, I don't want a woman to look at my face and go, "Oh my God, how come yeah. you know you're?" Yeah. And for me to go, Should "Oh, I just with it? Maybe oh, it's I, Maybelline, maybe. I just get really good sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, I just <laughs> just got really good genes. Yeah, that's a going to make people feel bad yeah. and not give them the option yeah. of seeking that and seeking that treatment. And it's just it's just lying. Yeah. And look, everyone has the right to have treatments and yeah. be private, of course. Yeah, but for me, yeah. that goes against what I'm trying to do with my life and yeah. with my work. Yeah. Honesty yeah. is unfortunately my policy. Yeah. Transparency, I guess. Mm. And also, I mean, I, I think I see, I see two ends of the spectrum. I see people who their husbands would get really angry about it or they feel shame because of their cultural norms, you know, the, so there's yes, a cultural background as well. Um, and, but they still come and see me. <laughs> so <laughs> to say what, do, do people come and see you and hope their husbands don't notice and do their husbands much. notice? No, because I think you can do it really delicately. Mm. And good aesthetic treatments or tweakments are often really they should undetectable. Be. They should be undetectable. Yeah. They should just be. So she's you like, looking... I've just been going to the gym. <laughs> All right. I just got, I just, I've got like a new sleep routine. It's really elite. Um, I do think that they, I don't want to look unlike me. Yeah. Really, that's, I mean, some people want something much more dramatic. And again, they have every right to, but I just want to look like a like a fresh good yeah. version of me yeah i mean that's the whole idea that's my ethos my ethos is actually on my clinic wall and it says radiance on the outside wellness on the inside uh, all day long <laughs> that's a beautiful <laughs> mantra and absolutely and one and you know those those two things hold each other's hands they go together yeah so this idea that you should have great mental health and you yeah. should meditate and yeah. you should have balance and yeah. have love and work in equal measure yeah. the idea that you then can't look after yourself on the outside. Yeah. They they work together. And actually, I sometimes think when I am feeling really good and happy, I do radiate on the outside. Yeah. So those two things are intrinsically yeah. linked. I think you show up as your best self. It's about mm -hmm. giving people the bounce back in their yes. step and helping them to put their best selves forward. The yeah. number of patients that come and see me, and because I do a lot of rhinoplasty, they come and they say to me, I hate my nose. I read, And it's not like, I don't like it. Or, you know, what do you think? It's, I hate my nose. Yes. Hate has a strong connotation, huge, impactful words. And I say, how long have you been feeling like this? Ages. It's just, I've built up the courage to do it now. Now I don't care what other people think. And that's, I guess, what the 30s and 40s bring is caring mm, less about what people think. Joy I to that. Free, freedom. I love it. And then... And then I say, okay, so how does it impact you? Because it's not just aesthetic, right? I know this. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you've seen it through your work. Absolutely. And they say, I don't, I don't go on dates or I don't wear my hair up. Yep. I always have my hair down. Yep. Or if I'm driving, instead of sitting at the traffic light, if I know I'm coming to a traffic light, I stay a little bit further back so that the yep. car next to me won't see my nose. Those little punctuation marks go all the way through the day. It is a 100%. quiet prison. It's a quiet narrative. And yeah. for some people, yeah. they can just ignore it. Don't. Yeah. But for other people, they it is there all day. It's there all day. It's there all day. And it's, it's too simplistic to say, oh, just get over it. 100%. Because if there is actually a physical treatment yeah. that is going to release that person from, and people also say, and I think this is not what I have found. Oh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I don't think it is that slippery. I don't think it is I either. I have not found it to be slippery. At all. 
Not yeah. at all. Yeah. I've had some things. They've been yeah. really good. Yeah. I don't want anything else yeah. for the moment. I might further down the line. But right now, it's not slippery. Yeah. It's yeah. the opposite. I don't know what the opposite of slippery is. <laughs> Boundaried? Boundaried. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I think it also comes down to finding a good practitioner that puts you first. And I think, again, this comes down to why we need licensing and regulation. Mm, very much. Because remember, as medical practitioners, we have taken an oath First, do no harm, right? Mm. Our patients come well before any financial gain. And we, and I think I'd like to think This that is why it's this this regulation, these new licensing rules are so key because you have, it's been drummed into you in training that the patient comes first. Yeah. But if you are someone who's done a two-day course, yeah. no disrespect to people who have done that because yeah. that is allowable. It's legal yeah. currently. Yeah. And of course, people need to make money and, and I understand yeah. that. So this isn't a slagging off of yeah. people who've decided to go down that We're route. However, <laughs> no, I, I, I get why people yeah. have done that. You know, it's a yeah. lucrative in, industry. However, from a medical background, first and foremost, you've come to this yeah. with the Hippocratic Oath, with exactly. patients at the forefront. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's so important. Therapy, safety yeah, at the like, forefront and anatomical knowledge. Yeah, and also you can prescribe. So if something goes wrong, you can fix it. And sometimes, and I know I'm singing to the converted, but this is <laughs> so important to say. Yeah. I think that you can go onto the government website yeah. at the moment. Sorry, because yeah. I know people do it, listen, please, do please. It. <laughs> I know people will be listening to this after the fact. Yeah. However, I think it's the 28th of October. Yeah, so it's coming up. It's, it's coming up or thereabouts where you can go and you can have a look at the regulations. It's really simple. It's not, it's, you know, even I understood it. You can go on there and you can, you can give your opinion yeah. about what which treatments should be yeah. under which yeah. regulations. I really, as patient, as someone inquiring, as a practitioner, go on there because yeah. once those licensing proposals yeah. are set, yeah. that'll be it for a while. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it is ultimately it's about public safety. Yeah. And, and the number I want to know that if I'm going to go and get something that I am, you know, let's say I'm going to get married and I'm going to go and see someone. I want to know that the, it's most likely this person knows my face and body yeah. anatomically. Yeah. And I'm not going to have so. a droopy eye <laughs> for my special day. Yeah. And it is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable. If, you know, if, if anybody asks me, it's a non-negotiable. The number of things that I have seen and corrected in my clinic. Really? It's, yeah, because they, 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 and again, it's not bashing anybody, but no. you cannot in a two day course equate that to a five year, six year medical degree and years yeah. of medical training. It's just, it's impossible to equate the two. And I think what you learn as a medical practitioner is not just what you know, but what you don't know. Yeah. And so you're always consciously conscious of what you know and what you don't know, mm. of risks, of potential long-term implications. So when I'm treating a patient with a treatment, I'm not just thinking about how this is going to look today, tomorrow, next month. I'm thinking how is this going to age with them over the next 10 That's years? interesting. I never thought about that. Yes, of course. Yeah, because my patients become, honestly, partly they become my friends, but I take them on this life journey. Yeah. Once they come in and we have this conversation about their why, what their goals are and they don't, they don't want their husbands to know or whoever else and there's no judgment I mean one of the things that I really want to say is and what I work hard to do is create a safe space in my clinic so judgment-free zone talk away talk yes. away you know this is your space to uncover and vent and explore and it's my duty to protect them yes. and not not get them when they're weak or vulnerable, mm. you know. And I Can think I ask that you a is question. Yeah. How? Are, what's the like the percentage like of the people who come and see you? Yeah. How many 
patients or appointments do you say listen you don't need that oh loads every really day. every because that's day. the other that's the other reason i think these licensing proposals yeah. uh, this it has to happen yeah. and it has to be right yeah um because i know at the moment some of the procedures within there should they're not in the right category no. so that i don't think it's not right at the moment and that's why i think people need to go and input yeah and and they really need it's to a, do it. it's a it's a red yellow green yes system. exactly and i think some of the procedures yeah, should I not be in green shocking. they need to be in the other categories <laughs> so go and yeah, look fix, at it and fix yeah. it but um it's about making because, your voice heard but because yeah. if you're if it's purely lucrative yeah. if then you're not going to look at someone's psychological exactly. makeup and where they're at at the moment and be able to have that nuanced understanding of exactly. humans and what's yeah. motivating them and yeah. you're just going to do the procedure yeah it's safeguarding them when Possibly. sometimes they're most they're at their most vulnerable mm. um, and that's why i ask them why now you know because i need to make sure that they're making the right decision so what's for them. a no what's a red flag to you if someone comes in and says this is why i'm having it done there are no Give it to red me. flag if they come and say i'm going through a divorce or i'm going through a breakup and that's why i want it then we explore if that's why they really want it or there's something else going on so if they okay. said my husband really wants me to have a boob job i'm not really I, okay, I've, I've never no. wanted it right it's a red flag right if someone else is making you do something that's a no it's yeah. a red flag but I'm really scared it's... of having this boot job but like they yeah. really want me to and I've it. been in that situation uh, where I've said no and actually when the husband has been in the background or in, in the waiting room and I've called the husband in and said no and actually that, I, I, there's one case you've had that situation had that exact <gasps> situation wow exact situation must... about a lady who wanted to have a rhinoplasty and spoke openly while her husband was there was speaking as though she wanted it and then as he left the room and this is why my rule now is mm. don't i don't let your partner in because i need to hear from you wow that's so i don't want you so to what, be coerced into something yeah. that isn't right for you what did she say when he left she told me that he was pushing her into it and no. he makes her wear a nose pincher at night um, really really hard to hear really yeah awful, awful. Um, and at the time, and I remember writing it all down, documenting it and just kind of giving her a lot of therapy. It became a therapy uh, session yeah, and like pep talk and sh telling her where she can go. And my number one priority at that point was safeguarding her. And um, years later, about three years later, she then contacted me and she was in trouble and had run away and had been violently uh, you know, hurt by him and was going wow. under court of law. And they pulled up those records and it was there. And I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never, ever forget that. Oof. So safeguarding is a part of our job. It is a part of the consultation process. Mm. And so is a psychological assessment. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this because mm. what I don't, I have a psychological questionnaire I ask every single patient. They really? fill it out before they even come and see me. And then they come in and I, and I go through it with them. And I, I used to call it anxiety questionnaire. And I renamed it quality of life questionnaire. And why? I'll tell you why. Because when it was psychological and anxiety questionnaire, at the same time, stuff was coming out in the news saying we have to do a psychological assessment for our patients to ensure that they are psychologically well aligned and are making the right decision for them and not in a vulnerable state of mind. Fair. But what that results in from a patient perspective is hiding if they are in a vulnerable state because they don't, they want to get their treatment. Oh, yeah. So if they feel you as an aesthetic practi practitioner is going to judge them and say, actually, I'm just going to lie. Yeah. Do oh, you yeah. feel mentally you know, sound no. enough to have this treatment? <laughs> Absolutely fine. not. No, not in any way. Because <laughs> I do. If I thought, you know what, they're not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you that I'm vulnerable right now because no. you might judge me. You might think that I'm, you know. Top of the right. world. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, can I just get my Botox? Couldn't so, feel better. <laughs> so I think for me, so when they come in, I changed it to quality of life because this is what I think. I think the treatments impact 
quality of life. I think people come to see us to seek an improvement in their quality of life. Mm. I think that when patients are coming to see us, 99% of them, yes, of course, some patients have body dysmorphia, but 99% of patients who are seeking treatment are seeking treatment for something that is causing them some form of burden. They're looking in the mirror. They're not, they don't like what they see. Mm. They are held back psychosocially. Like I said, they might not go on that first day or that forward front-facing job. Yeah. And that impacts them every single yeah. day. Yeah. Okay, and of It's invisible. Course, it's invisible, but it's there. it's there. And that impacts them psychologically. That impacts their self-esteem. And so my message is, of course it does. I get it. I'm not going to dismiss that. I've been there. So this Absolutely. is a judgment-free zone. And my questionnaire is not there to judge you. It's to understand you so that we can work together and pace treatments according to your needs. Instead. But that little change, that little change is so clever because... Look, people are not stupid. They go in. They know that you're assessing them to, to make sure that everything's okay. But it's it's the the care in that, yeah. rather than it being anxiety, it's this quality of life. Yeah. It feels more caring and it feels yeah. more holistic. Yeah. And then after, I asked them as well, I'll tell you about a piece of um, research I did. So after they come back, I say to them, so they come see me a year later. How do you feel? How, how are things now? And they don't go, oh, I love my new nose. They go, you know what? I don't even think about it anymore. I've gone for I've gone that's, on a date. But that's the thing. It's incredible. You, you've released <laughs> someone. People don't yeah. suddenly become wildly vain and, <laughs> and leave, you know. Yeah. They've, what, you've just released them yeah. from a, um, a worry, a thought. Yeah. Something that was holding them back. Yeah. You see? So it's a quality of yeah. life impact. So, and to me, if we, and that's health. What is, how do we define health? World Health Organization defines health as not just being the absence of disease, but the complete state of physical, mental, and social well-being. Mm. So that means if we impact any of those three domains, we're impacting patients' health. Yes. Okay. So this is not a beauty treatment. This is a medical treatment. Yes. This does have risks, but so does skiing. So does getting in a car, crossing I the mean, road, getting out of bed, hair, right? It's staying in bed. <laughs> yeah. Everything has risk. And there's a, again, there's a risk spectrum. And we, as medical practitioners, again, and I say this to my patients all the time, these are the things that could go wrong. You can go blind from aesthetic injectables. Yeah, you can. There are loads of things that can happen, but done in safe hands. These are very, very rare. And you know what we? You know what doesn't happen? So when you get on a plane, no one stands outside the plane and goes, "By the way, this plane might crash." You could definitely die. <laughs> I think, and you know, when you book your ticket for holiday, you and your family could die. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody does that, but we do that. But we do that because we care and we yeah. want to help our patients to make empowered decisions and informed decisions. But yeah, I do think this red flag system or this this traffic light system or licensing is very, very much needed. Mm, I, I correct a heck of a lot of complications. Some, of course, will happen in the hands of medical practitioners. Nobody's immune to complications happening. But if somebody understands the facial anatomy, the layers, the vasculature, has the tools to reverse a complication should it occur, yeah. it is a no-brainer. This is your face, not your big toe. <laughs> you know. It's so funny. We, can we talk about we talk about risk? And I know lots of people who go and get treatments, you know, under you know in a in a in a room under a hairdresser. Yeah. You know, in what and just yeah. uh, we listen. And I understand that money is really a really difficult at the moment. So I, I understand that. people choosing cost and risk and however um someone said to me uh you wouldn't get on an airplane if you thought that the pilot exactly. had done one day training course 100 percent, 100 percent. would you yeah. yet be, and so but you know Look, I'd pay get, peanuts, i would pay i would peanuts. rather <laughs> pay a bit extra yeah. for a pilot who yeah. proper qualifications so yeah. again with that risk and reward yeah thing you i have, wouldn't go to a podiatrist from like uh, my little toe if 
they had a one day training. I just, no, <laughs> I don't think I'd go and get my nails done for someone. But I, my daughter's searching. She's like, oh, I'll do it. No, you won't yeah. get away from me. I mean, my, if there's one thing I would say, my messaging is certainly it is the wild, wild west. It can be very difficult, particularly in the world of social media, to distinguish false, you know, fake um, from real, who is a real doctor, who isn't. I've seen it all, okay? And for, uh, from a layman's perspective, you're looking online and you're seeing this Instagram account with hundreds of thousands of followers and they call themselves medically qualified and insured, means jack all. You need to go and you need to check on the medical register. Mm. Is this person licensed? This is important. This because is really actually, important. even though those th that new licensing is going to come through yeah. and let's hope it's as rigorous as we want it to be uh, with the treatments properly, yeah, um, given the proper, uh, what would you, how would you phrase that? Given the proper um, traffic light system. system. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this traffic light system, if I'm honest. That's interesting. Do you think it's not nuanced enough yeah I, I do that's interesting yeah I don't I mean I think from it's what oversimplified I've, it and I think um, it's quite I agree with you actually uh, I agree however it even with that licensing yeah. in place yeah um, which is very much needed yeah how are they going to enforce it so yeah. we still we still need yeah. to do our research we need to do our due diligence in in Liverpool let me tell you <laughs> so <laughs> let I, me I, tell I, you, let me tell you here story. we go <laughs> so I have a clinic in London Harley Street and I have a clinic in Liverpool and I moved to Liverpool in 2017, uh, no, 2016, sorry. And I set up my new clinic in Liverpool in 2017. And I was coming back and forth between Liverpool and London. Very, very different. I love Liverpool, but it was very different. When I first got to Liverpool, um, it was very much about the bigger, the better, the bigger, the better, mm. you know, and... It was very much of the moment, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I remember sitting in these clinics and telling, I was working for someone else at the time when I had moved to Liverpool and I was, women would walk in and their lips would walk in before the rest of the face. And, and I would, and they'd be like, yes. can I have my lips done? And I'd be like, listen, this is not a good look yeah. and this is not healthy. And there, mm. there are serious risks when you augment a small confined space with so much foreign body, because it's a foreign yeah. body. You are increasing your risk every single time yes, of, of a vascular occlusion. That filler has What no is a vascular inclusion? Vascular occlusion is where... Vascular inclusion? Occlusion. Occlusion. That is where filler is placed into a blood vessel or next to a blood vessel and compresses the blood flow. Therefore, the surrounding skin has no blood flow, no oxygen, no nutrition, and it can die. And that that's sounds, called necrosis. That and sounds it, really awful. It can go black, the right. skin can fall off, and you can have long-term scarring. Did you Have you seen that before? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Is that for permanent? Permanent scarring, yes. Permanent scarring. It's never happened in my hands before. I've never had, thankfully. Okay. A, a, a but have you, have you had to rectify it before? I have had to rectify it many oh, times. Oh, listen, well, that's awful. I can't bear, you know, and again, people make these decisions I think primarily for financial reasons. And so I get that. So that people are vulnerable. I'll tell you what's not acceptable. It's when the cases that I've seen of necrosis um, or an impending necrosis, i.e. they've had a vascular occlusion and the skin, I always say to my delegates, I teach, I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer, I'm an educator. I say to the students I teach, when you see, if you ever are in a situation where you suspect a vascular occlusion, you've stopped the blood flow to the skin, you need to start skin CPR. You need to get that skin back to life, right? And you need to act fast. So there is an enzyme that we can use to dissolve filler. If it's hyaluronic acid filler, it's called a hyaluronidase. This is a prescription-only medication, which again is why you need to see a medic because you don't have that much time. And if you do have a vascular occlusion, you want it dissolved straight away to restore the blood flow. So like if you had... Uh, you know, this, you is had done, this is assuming you know what's in that person's face. 
Exactly. It's assuming you know what's in their face. They could have used none. I mean, we can talk about this as well. Uh, there's a lot of, I always say to my patients and to everyone, public at large, uh, is no permanent fillers in your face. If you can't dissolve it, don't put it in. Um, because I didn't even know you could get a permanent filler. Oh. That fills me with absolute horror. It's crazy. Silicone oil. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. Alchemeds. Are yeah. you actually kidding me? I'm not Do kidding. people do that yes and they do it in large volumes and they do it in back street clinics and oh that's a big that's a big no please it's, it's a big no and, and it's it's un, you know talking about what's unacceptable unacceptable is someone who practices that i agree i agree you can't undo that and it's happened to friends of mine who've gone and you know they wanted a, a, a bum lift or whatever mm. and they've gone and they've had silicone oil injected into their their bum they can't sit down they're in pain they've got an infection oh, you know what's no. really sad that's we can't help them there's no. nothing that we oh, can do once awful. it's in you cannot and i'm it. so sorry i interrupted you so you need to give this is, i love this <laughs> i love this phrase skin cpr so you skin can CPR. inject you can inject an enzyme to get rid of that hyaluronic acid yes it's taken me about four years to be able to say that word really fluently <laughs> amazing the hyaluronic acid um, so you can dissolve that filler you if dissolve. you catch it in time yeah. And then how do you, does that enzyme do the CPR or do you then need to yeah. massage, you need massage it? it in. Yeah. You massage it in. I mean, the, the CPR is less like heart. <laughs> right. Yes, you massage it in. You need to place it in the right area. We now use ultrasound guided dissolving. Ultrasound is a tool that enables us to see beneath the surface yeah. because you, of course, are not just skin and bones. You've got skin, fat, muscle, yeah. more fat, bone, yes. and lots of blood vessels in between. And your blood vessels, Cherry, will be in a different place to mine. So nobody is textbook anatomy. There's a 20% variation person to person. Hence the risk. You know, doctors will tell you there are risks. Nobody's God. Complications can happen yeah. in anyone's hands. Yes. But how do you manage that complication? Do you have the tools and the knowledge and the skills to manage that complication? So I say to them, if you see a complication, you deal with it promptly, ethically, Honestly, transparently, you get out your CPR medication, you, mm. you get going, right? Mm. And what I think is really unacceptable that I've had to deal with a lot, out of hours sometimes, you know, patients have contacted me and said, I've been treated so-and-so place. I, the reason why I went there is because it was cheap. Got my nose for a hundred pounds. And, um, and uh, this is why I say pay peanuts, get monkeys, pay cheap, pay <laughs> twice. True. Fact of that's, great. that's a great saying. <laughs> going to use that a lot in my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> And they come in and I say, right, tell me what's happened. And I open my clinic out of hours with three kids in the waiting room. And I've done this many times because I care, you know, I care about these mm. people. And they say, and they're in tears. They are traumatized. They're in pain. And they say, they block me from Instagram. I can't get through to the person that did it. Oh. That is not acceptable. If you are willing to pick up a needle and inject someone with it, you stand by them if it goes wrong. Oh my goodness me. But I think even with the new regulations, I think these, the backstreet, procedures still going to happen they're still going to happen yeah i mean yeah because we're not we're not going to have a police force to do and so you are still going to have those people yeah. in your waiting room out of hours and floods yeah. of tears saying my wedding's in a month and i i can't feel my lips yeah. how do you know if you've got skin necrosis is that how you say it yes ne necrosis. necrosis necrosis is when the skin is breaking down there are but, signs and symptoms so symptoms will be things like extreme pain the skin becoming very pale a lacy appearance to the skin we call it levita oh, reticularis um, and then white pus filled spots oh. these are like day two day three the skin starts to break down so it comes up in lots of vesicles or white pus filled okay. spots 
then it will go black and the skin will slough off, literally fall off. Um, slough it's off. Slough off. Listen, if anything's sloughing <laughs> off your body, you need to go directly to a medic. You do. I mean, but prevention is better than cure. So this is not to, this is not yes. scaremongering. No, this totally, is information, but it's right? important because it's, it's public safety. Yeah, it's public, public safety, safety, but it, and it's devastating when it happens. It's best and to I do not wonder, ever have any experience of this. I know. I mean, no I, I wonder if at some point. It's it's going to take someone, uh, you know, I've spoken to many colleagues about this. We, you know, we've been championing this mm. in the industry for a long time. So this licensing bit is very much welcomed. Um, and I, I hope that it's done properly. I agree there will still be backstreet clinics, but it comes down to public education. Mm. And the more the public are aware, because young girls don't know. When they come, they go, I didn't know. It said medically insured and qualified on her Instagram. So that's all they check. You know, so if we can educate the public, then we can safeguard them from these sorts of I things that can agree. happen. Um, so it's so not scaremongering. It's, it's not scaremongering. It's, it's, it's letting educated. someone know what can happen, which yeah. is a real thing. It is a real which thing. is a real thing. Um, and, and again, it comes down to being ethical and informed consent. Yes. So, so, uh, but that's aside, scary stuff aside, these treatments are, you know, they, I still, I, I look at them as safe procedures done mm -hmm. in the right hands. There are tools to improve safety. It's like wearing a seatbelt, yeah. right? Like you can yes, get in a car yes. and you can drive, but you want your pilot or your driver to be licensed yes. and qualified to navigate a storm if you have a storm, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and added layer of safety is your seatbelt. So that's what we now do with ultrasound. Ultrasound allows us to visualize where the blood vessels are, which is a particularly useful tool in high-risk areas. The nose is a high-risk area yes. because the blood vessels of the nose connect directly to the eye. So patients can go blind. Yes. There have been 150 reported cases of permanent visual loss. Thankfully, none in my clinic. Please, God, let that never happen because I'd you know not survive that. Um, I, I, it would be like your worst nightmare. Of course, darling. Yeah. Awful. But ultrasound enables us to see. So the more, and again, this is what we do as medical practitioners, is we continue to develop. There's a, there's a, there's a commitment to continuous professional development. And you'll see, you know, you have a lot of friends in the industry. We're always educating ourselves, Absolutely. traveling nationally, internationally. I mean, it's the most amazing industry. It's full of the brightest, sparkiest, most excited, hungry for knowledge <laughs> people I've ever met. Yeah. Because, I mean, every single week there's something new there and is. exciting that comes out so you've got to stay on your toes you've got to stay on your toes. medical field is rapidly oh developing. it's so it's, it's so exciting yeah but you yeah you need to you and and we need to disseminate that information so yeah. we need to disseminate the good the bad the ugly we need to say why barbie talks is great or not great like yeah. there's a lot of trends trends come and go and i think you know so far what i have uh, seen in the industry and i've been mm. here long enough to see this is we've kind of taken a back step and there have been a lot of uh, influencers online who are educating sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. Mm -hmm. And and I think that leads to people who are vulnerable jumping on having treatments that may not other, they may not otherwise need. So yes. your question earlier, if mm -hmm. a patient came in, what's a red flag? They come in and they say, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. Or, and they, and actually, you know, and I say to them, listen, if I took Angelina Jolie's lips and I put it on my face, I'd look ridiculous. Yes, exactly. It's it wouldn't right suit my for face. her particular face. Exactly. So the idea... And really the impact of aesthetic treatment mm. is enabling people to express joy without feeling held back. And yes, I say this yes. with, Absolutely. you know, with experience of people coming in, like I said to you earlier, not going out 
or when they're smiling, hiding their smile, yes. or they won't smile because their nose droops. So everyone has a right to live confidently. Everyone has a right to express joy yes. without judgment and freely and fully. Yes. So it's about helping people. And that's why we have this, um, my tagline is empowering transformations because it's not just the physical, it's the empowerment. It does it's everything. Like, that's my why. On 10 years younger, we'd have people walk into the studio and they are amazing people, you know, yeah. are often often 50s and 60s, but young, oh, you know, yeah. we also had younger people and men and women. Um, but it's almost like someone had given everything of themselves yeah. for their whole life. Um, carers, um, single parents, yeah. someone who had milked themselves of yeah. energy and, and never really spent any time on themselves yeah. and looking after themselves and woke up at 50 and thought hang on a second yeah. it's my time now yeah. but they would walk in and they would often teeth was a teeth is a huge thing in Isn't confidence it? wise because the world is almost like a mirror yeah. and it reflects back to you what you give it yeah. And if you hate your mouth, hate your nose, hate your teeth, you want to hide. Away. You want to shine high away. So if you're not smiling at people, if you're not going out and meeting people, yeah. if you're not socialising, your quality of life is affected hugely Agreed. in an everyday, every interaction. If you walk into a room and you give everyone a big smile and yeah. you emit like a sunflower, yeah. emit contagious. Good energy, like it's <laughs> contagious and people yeah. respond to you. Yeah. If you hide and you don't smile at people, people respond to that as well. And it yeah. isn't always positive. Yeah. People might not know you. So you feel really, it's really isolating. Yeah. But like you say, it's invisible. So we would give this person love, care, attention, focus, possibly for the first time in their life. Yeah. And we would, we took them to an amazing dentist called Dr. Chenna, who is yes, a amazing. miracle worker. <laughs> and they would get treatments and um, be told, you know, this is what color suits you. This is what hair suits you. And they would, it was like watching a sunflower just gradually opening up and up and up and they i know the word blossoming is overused but my goodness <laughs> me they we watched them blossom yeah and change as a person and i've met up with quite a few of them after mm. and they've all kept it up yeah one one woman was a dog walker and she was about 35 and she'd had quite a traumatic experience and she hid behind beanie hats and big jumpers and she's now in the special forces that's amazing how moving to be a part of that. What oh, that like I mean, she's unbelievably badass. And oh. when I saw her, she walked up to me like she was on top of the world. And yeah. I thought, I can't believe this is the same woman. Yeah. So isn't that magical? To it witness? was magical. Yeah. It was magical. I mean, pretty yeah. much all of the transformations on that show made magical. me weep. And everyone in the week, you know, six foot yeah. two cameramen, big burly <laughs> cameraman. We were all crying because oh. to watch someone's yeah. life changing in front of your yeah. eyes yeah. is unbelievably yeah. exciting but what you did was you changed them on the outside and that helped on the, on the inside it was exactly. a it's a catalyst 100%. look no one on their right mind is going to say look you buy a new skirt and you're a different person the next <laughs> day but there are some changes that have a much more lasting effect 100%. than a new skirt and actually yeah. if you do it holistic, and actually giving someone time and care and saying okay well let's look at your shape this kind of yeah. structure is going to really impact you. Yeah. You've given someone a tool to go into a shop, feel confident to go into a shop, um, enjoy shopping, enjoy getting dressed. And actually for a lot of people, they said, I would never, ever go into a shop and go shopping yeah. because I feel so stupid doing yeah. that. Yeah, they're apologetic. Apologetic yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. Like I like they don't, this is, and like this is the crust. Oh. There we go. That's the crux <laughs> of it. I don't deserve spending yeah. that money on myself or I didn't deserve to wear a nice dress because yeah. I look too... Yeah. I, I just don't yeah. believe I'm yeah. worth it. There's this guilt. There's a guilt. So you have to you have to infuse them with the you 
absolutely worth it as much yeah. as anyone else. And by the way, you've got a gorgeous body. Yeah. You've got a gorgeous face. Yeah. You've got gorgeous hair. Yeah. This is how you can style it. Okay. And then they're off. And then they're off. Yeah, you can't catch I mean, that's it. No. That's it for them. And, and, you know, seeing them five years later, yeah. they still look fabulous. It's a lasting change. And it's all, it's in them then. Yeah, it's profound. It is And profound. it's lasting. I did, a, I did a talk about wellness and aesthetics um, about six months ago. And we showcased videos of people who'd had aesthetic treatment. So from the beginning, what they wanted, why they wanted it. Mm. And I remember a lady who was going through the menopause and that kept coming up as well. Menopause mm. tends to be a catalyst for women coming in. And they're apologetic. They're like, oh, really? So, you know, they're, they literally will use the word, sorry, I'm being silly. And like, I feel bad. I feel guilty. I've got children. But I just, I just want my confidence back. You know, I just, I want to look in the mirror and recognize myself. And then they have the treatments and the impact isn't, I look great. It's, I feel great. Oh, I feel so you know? good. It's amazing. And it's often, it's amazing. do you know what? I think often <laughs> it's like almost invisible to the naked eye. But that, to that person, it's huge. Apparent. It is such a huge change and yeah. um, how does the menopause uh, affect you physiologically and facially do you think what are the big changes I love this question um I see a lot of women in the perimenopause so yes. 40s plus absolutely and um and obviously have been doing it for a long time and I think last two two years ago I came to a point where my day was almost filled with women coming in yeah over the age of 40 and they would sit there and they're a little bit held back and I can see that there's more going on but they've come in to feel better and look better and I go what else is going on for you and then they break down and they cry mm. and and they feel like they're the only one going through it yeah it's very isolating isn't it very isolating mm. they say I look in the mirror I just don't recognize myself anymore yeah. I've lost my mojo yeah I'm fighting with my partner I hate him I want to kill him I'm like Maybe I'm going through the menopause. And, um, and and then they, you know, my children are irritating me. I've got brain fog. And they haven't joined the pieces together. Of course, no. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I'm anxious. The conversation is still very new. Very new, very new. I, and now it's starting, the tides are slightly shifting, but it's still, it's still, there's still a long way to go. And they would say, and they wouldn't recognize that this could potentially be a hormone deficiency. And, um, and, and again, they're not sleeping well. And so I'd navigate that and take them through this conversation about how this could be related to a hormone deficiency. What happens in the menopause? Menopause is when your periods stop yeah. for 12 months. And the average age of onset of menopause is 50. Mm. And the 10 years before is called the perimenopause. Mm. And most people, unfortunately, there's been a real lack of education for women. Mm. So they don't know about the perimenopause. They've never heard about it. They don't know what the signs or symptoms are. And therefore, they are reactive, not proactive. They're yes. not moving into that next phase of life with knowledge and empowerment. Mm. They're moving into it with fear and mm. doom and gloom and denial um, and, and, and isolation. Absolutely. Uh, and so, so I'd hear these symptoms time and time and time again. And they'd be like... Oh, but I'm really lonely and I'm not going to go to my GP. Not because their GP is bad, but they don't believe they have enough to speak to their GP. I mean, <laughs> we get gaslit by the medical industry. I mean, I obviously I love, I love my GP yeah, and I love yeah. the NHS and they've been amazing. But sometimes that you do get uh, sent away for being you know, emotional. I, 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 mean, I was making a documentary for Channel 5 about yes. women's health. Yes. And at the same time... Yeah was experiencing what I now know yeah. to be perimenopausal symptoms. And yeah. I didn't connect the dots. And yeah. I have no trouble communicating myself. Yeah. And I'm not shy. Yeah. And I'm not... Um, I, I, I share a lot yeah. of my life with people and my friends know everything about me. Yeah. 
And yet I didn't tell anyone that I was waking up at four in the morning, yeah. like up, like I could have written an essay. Yeah. Not Bolt. gently, yeah. not, you know, not yeah. sleepy, bolt upright, feeling like my world was ending. Yeah. Thinking, feeling. Oh, it's breathless. Yeah. <gasps> it's, it's, um, it's falling off a cliff. Yeah. Or, and then I would question it because, because my body was experiencing those feelings. Yeah. My brain would then run around trying to find reasons to have that. Yeah. So then it would yeah. be like, is it you're, stress? Is it this you're a that? loser, you're <laughs> a waste of space, you know, or like a huge, and it would bleed, it was bleeding into my confidence during yeah. the day. And I was tired. So it was, that was affecting it. So I wasn't performing at work. Yeah. And I was starting to think, oh my gosh, what, why that. am I even bothering? Yeah. So it was affecting me hugely. And it was only at the end of making this program, and I'd been speaking to experts about menopause uh, and perimenopause, <laughs> and I was listening going, what was that then? What's 36 symptoms? Yeah. 36. What are some of those? Yeah. It was only right at the end yeah. that I spoke to one of the experts, and they said, I said, Do you know what, just off record, just yeah. in between, because it was the end yeah. of my interview. I was like, this has been happening to me yeah. for a year. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's really getting me down. Yeah. It's really getting me down. Um, and I've changed lots of things in my life. Yeah. I'd ended a relationship that that was wonderful, but not not right for yeah. various reasons. It, the panic attacks are still yeah. were still going on. Um, I'd stopped drinking alcohol. Yeah. I was exercising and all these things, um, but they were still. And they said, "You're that's perimenopause. Yeah. That's hormonal. It's not circumstantial. Yeah. It's hormonal." Yeah. So I started to take supplements. Yeah. I cut out alcohol completely. White wine. Yeah. I mean, I do mm. now. I have reintroduced it, but yeah. for a while, I was like. Fine. I just wanted to do anything to feel better to get rid of it, yeah. and made a few different lifestyle changes. Yeah. And also, just knowing because it does still sometimes happen. If I go out for dinner with my friends, I'll have a glass of wine. I do sometimes wake up at yeah. four in the morning. But very, the very fact of knowing yeah. that my life is not falling apart, yeah. that I am not having a midlife crisis, that I'm not going mad, I find that immediately calming. I wake up at four in the morning and go, "Okay, here's the hormones." Yeah. Here, her woman has been triggered by something I've done in the day. It's my lifestyle choice that I made. Breathe, we're fine, mm -hmm. and that helps. So knowledge is power Absolutely. with this. But I, I think about all those women right now who are feeling brain fog, rage, not themselves, waking up at four in the morning, um, hot sweats, all those yeah. things, and not yeah. knowing what's going on. Yeah, and it's a lot more common than you think. Yeah. I mean, this is... I think thank amazing. you for sharing that That's but also really people like Davina are I mean, oh, yeah, oh gosh and, God bless her uh, you know Ch education and allowing the generation behind me and you know my daughter's 13 allowing her, I hope her generation will, will be bemused at yeah. not knowing every single yeah. symptom not absolutely. knowing the 36 symptoms absolutely. of menopause and perimenopause absolutely you know I love I love that you shared that and um definitely me as a practitioner having treated patients and seeing this symptom again and again and again 10 times a day and patients, each one feeling quite lonely. Yes. And I, this is, a, and I, again, I love Do my GP. Do you feel GP like you're going mad? Well. Um, but so many of them would say to me, I've gone to my GP and they've said, here's some anti, uh, antidepressants. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> and that would really infuriate me. I bet I, yeah. You know, when I was making that women's health program, yeah. I interviewed loads of women who said that they'd been on antidepressants for about 10 years. Yeah. They hadn't worked because they had they maybe taken the edge off, but essentially because it's hormonal, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's sad. It really, yeah, and really, they've become numb okay. and their relationship with their husband had deteriorated yeah. because yeah. I think some of the side effects sometimes of antidepressants is you do become slightly numb to certain yeah. stimulus. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's not the answer. It's not the answer, and it's a common picture, and 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 it's not anyone's fault. But again, I think there was a lack of uh, education even Absolutely. within the general practitioner field. So I would sit there and be like, "No, you actually, why don't you explore a hormone supplement? It might be right for you, it might yes. not, and it might be look like a gel, might look like a patch, it might look like yes. tablets. There are various options, but there are options, and yeah. educate them. And they're like, "Oh, so this could be that, but I still get my periods, yeah, because." What doesn't happen is that you wake up one day and look in the mirror and your period stop and you, you, you look 10 years older. You don't age overnight, so to speak. But yeah. so many of them say, I feel like I've aged overnight. So what happens? Well, physiologically, you start to have a decline in estrogen, mm. progesterone and testosterone. Testosterone is a female hormone too. Yeah. And testosterone actually, we now know, declines from the age of 25, which is why when you're 25, you feel like you can move mountains, you can climb, you can do any anything. And then that starts to kind of waver off a little bit. And then it accelerates during those 10 years. And what happens to your skin? Your skin starts to change. You lose mm. collagen. You lose elastin. Collagen is a protein responsible for giving you uh, texture, firmness to your skin. Elastin is responsible for elasticity, hyaluronic acid for radiance and hydration. So they're losing that and they're looking in the mirror and they go, I feel dehydrated. My skin's changing. I've got lines and wrinkles. Then because of the reduction in estrogen, their hair starts to fall. Because of the reduction in testosterone, they start to lose their libido. They start to put on weight. So there's huge implications mm. physically. Of course, the bone density changes rapidly as well, more in women than in men. And uh, both when they age will change, mm. but women accelerated. And when the bone, which is the structural support on your face starts to shrink back yes. the skin that sits on top the envelope starts to sag mm. so they come in and they go I've got sagging here I hate my jowls I hate my lines and wrinkles my eyes look really tired I look in the mirror and I feel like I'm 10 years older and I just want to look less tired more fresh and less angry and sad yeah and 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 that is why that yes. is why the physiological change so when I saw all these patients I thought you know what, I wish the first patient knew or the second patient knew that the first patient went through this and the third patient knew that the second patient yes. went through this. They're not alone. It's normal. And we need to normalize these conversations. Mm. And actually we need to educate women because if they walked into this next phase of life with education, knowledge is power. And education about what they can do so that they can be proactive. Not and some reactive. of those, some of those are some of those little um, pivots are very small. Yeah. Like for me, look, I, I'll have a glass of wine with lunch, and that's really lovely. Yeah. But really, it doesn't serve me in the yeah. evening. Um, and if I do make that decision, then I know I'm going to pay for it, and then I know, and it's fine. At least it's an educated decision. Yeah. Um, exercise. Ugh. I used to run a lot, and now I don't anymore. It just mm. doesn't feel good mm. for me. Yeah. As does something to, whereas. Strength training, yeah. toning and stretching seem to make my body feel great. So Amazing. actually the pivots are relatively small. small. Sleep, yeah. very protective over that. Yeah. Looking at my diary um, on a Sunday and thinking, I've said yes to too many things. Yeah. I'm going to actually making sure <laughs> the there's power calm. Of no. <laughs> the power of no. So the pivots, you don't have to spend tons yeah. of money. And if you are going to get a treatment, what is the right treatment for where you're at at the moment and that's again we're coming right back around it yeah. always comes back to going to someone yeah. with physiological knowledge yeah. with with anatomical knowledge yeah. who's going to look after you and not yeah. just take your money but yeah. say no that's not what you need actually yeah. that's not going to last yeah. that's not going to have the impact you need you don't need filler you need laser treatment yeah and that's why again be banging this drum we've got we've got to make sure people go to the right person because you must see people who come in and say i want filler and you're like do you ever, yeah, do you get that where people come in and say, I want filler and Botox? And you're like, well, actually, yeah. 
You Something like all therapy would be perfect. Oh, all the time, Cherry, all the time. I see patients who think that they need something that they don't. And again, it comes down to ethical, being ethical, putting the patient first, educating them. So my uh, my consultations are not, what do you want? Fill you like an eclair, off you go. Yeah. It's, Fill you like an eclair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I see a lot of. Right? Yes. And and, and <laughs> also it's, it's consulting them and educating them. Mm. Because what's right for you might not be right for the next person. And it depends on their goals. Everyone's goals are different everyone's budget is different everyone's I'm not here to say every line and wrinkle needs to be erased actually I actually think some of them give character and your lines and wrinkle every line and wrinkle tells a story I don't want to look like a golf ball actually golf balls have uh, no ping pong ball I don't want to look like a ping pong ball um I don't want to look 20. You know, I you can no, pay I me to go back to my 20s. I'm much happier now where I am in life. Could I not agree wiser, with you more. I know myself oh. more. So aging Singing my not, song. Yeah, yeah, I think aging is not... In medicine, we look at age uh, as a disease in a sense. I'll speak to that to you about that in a second. But aging is not a bad thing, actually. When I think one of the problems is that because women were not educated, they walked into the perimenopause and menopause and started to feel invisible, unseen, unheard, invaluable. And like they couldn't offer what they used to offer. Mm. Heck no. You have so much, I have so much more to offer now uh, than I did when I was 20. Do you know that one in four (laughs) women when they get hit perimenopause, if if they don't know what's going on and they think I'm going crazy, they leave their job or they consider leaving their job. And it costs something like 50,000 pounds to replace someone in your business. So it is worth looking after oh, your employees. 100%. Absolutely. And it's worth looking after yourself yeah. because you have so much to give and you have knowledge and wisdom and you yeah. carry that inside your being. Yeah. And so it's it doesn't it's not it doesn't make economical sense for us not to look after the women who are going through these. And also, you know, people have medic, medical induced mm. menopause and perimenopause yeah. uh, medical induced menopause. Yeah. So or premature menopause. I have a patient pre- that, who went yeah. through menopause at the age of 13. That's called premature menopause. Premature menopause. Not yeah. enough people know about that. Yeah. You know, that when now she's spoken about it. She's on Instagram. Um, so she's scary. On, yeah. I mean, just pe- you literally I mean, imagine 40 years, 30 years ago when she went through that and all her friends were talking about periods and then we're having babies and she didn't tell anyone. I'm actually on HRT and I'm 18. You know, how lonely that must have been for her. And I think that for some people, it's, it is a gradual thing. Like you say, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen like overnight, but for the people I've spoken to that have gone through medical, medically induced parent, it is, I spoke to someone yesterday and she said she had to have a hysterectomy and she woke up and within a week she said she'd been hit by a car. She said it was apps and she doesn't, didn't have any warning. No one had said anything to her about yeah. the impact of having a hysterectomy yeah. in that way. They said, oh, yeah. you, you know, you'll feel great. You'll be, yeah. You know, your pain will go. Yeah. Um, it's like, what? She had that man? Who was <laughs> And she said it was being, it was like a thunderstorm. Yeah. And I felt I so imagine. sorry for her because yeah. she, again, it was before we were having these wonderful conversations. Yeah. See, that's poor medicine. That's not holistic yeah. care, is it? Yeah. But that's that's lack of knowledge. It's, it's, you know, I I don't think any GP goes in thinking, oh, I can't can't wait to let women down. Yeah. But it's, you know, and it's, it's medical misogyny, which again is just, it's, that's how society has developed. Yeah. But, you know, women haven't been included in medical trials up until 50 years ago because we're cyclical and we're annoying for, (laughs) we're we're very annoying. We don't give good results. Well, I'll tell you about my piece of research. I did a research on 2000 women in the UK. This was last year. Um, we surveyed 2,000 women across the UK, those who had undergone premature menopause, who were perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal. And we asked them a range of questions about aging, the physical changes that they went through in the menopause, and the psychological symptoms that that had on them. How did it impact them? And I think that the findings were quite stark. 
we found, I think it was something like 58%, 63% of people who hadn't gone through the menopause yet were afraid of the perimenopause. And we, we coined it periscaries. So there is Excellent. fear. Fear, doom, and gloom. Because you're like, oh my God, is that the end of me? Is that, am I losing yeah. my femininity? There's yeah. a huge... And my value. My value. My value. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. At home, because, at work, Because at for everything. a long time, we've just been baby making machines and that's, <laughs> we've been, we, have, we have to be attractive to men and we have to make babies and yeah. that's it. Yeah. That is a lie. Yes. It is a lie. And we all know that, but yeah. we need to be reminded constantly. Our value does not lie in our ability to reproduce. We yeah. have innate value. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, people have got the periscaries because sense. you feel really like, I know, so I know. Periscaries is one thing. And then another thing was when they were going through, so when they went through the menopause, what they felt was a loss of femininity, a loss of identity. They felt anxious. So fifth, I think it was something like 58% said that they felt anxious. Um, mm. 16% said that they felt rage towards their partner. I, I suspect it's more, but um, that's what that's what they said. 7% said they felt anger and irritability towards their own children. 48% said they didn't want to go out anymore. They didn't want to socialize. 55% said they didn't want to go and have um, photos with their children. So these are impacts every single day. You don't want to go out, so you're isolating yourself. Mm. You don't want to be in family photos. You hate your partner. He doesn't understand you. And I think this education needs to be not just aimed at women, aimed at men. Yeah. Um, so we called this report Glowing the Distance and then it came, it's available to download free of charge I made it available it's on wow. the website drusra.com you can download it yep. it is a guide for women who are going through the perimenopause of what's going on so that first of all we can normalize it and say yep. yeah me too I get it oh that's happening because it's not just hot flushes you know in the movies everyone talks about these hot flushes yes. many people don't experience hot flushes they experience insomnia lack of sleep do you know what Hair I asked people on Instagram <laughs> I couldn't give my eyes people on Instagram uh, yesterday or no, the day before um, you know, lots of questions about yeah. perimenopause, menopause, and mm. I asked, "What are the symptoms that you suffer from the most?" I, I had no idea that anxiety was because that's the one that yeah. affected me, and it was so unlikely. The most common. I didn't know that because yeah. in the movies or in it's hot flushes that hot get flushes. the most. Yeah. They get the best PR, <laughs> but anxiety is. I think I didn't realize it was the biggest it's huge. one. Huge, it's huge, and Absolutely. it's and it's debilitating. Charlie. It it's is. Debilitating. It's awful. Yeah. And the problem is, it is the awful. Problem. The problem is... I thought I was having a bit of a breakdown, if I'm honest. Yes. I thought I was having a bit of a nervous breakdown. I know. And many people do. And that's why when they go to their GP, they will be offered that, you know, antidepressants. Mm. But actually, that's a symptom, not a source. We have to, we as medical practitioners, treat the source of the problem. The source is hormone deficiency. The symptom is the anxiety, mm. not the other way around, mm. right? So I think normalizing it and saying, I hear you, I see you, I feel you. It's real. It's true. And you're not alone. That's actually the other thing. 15, it's real. Mm. It's real. 15.5 million women in the UK are undergoing the transition at any one point in time. That's huge. Yeah. So the more we talk about it, the, nor the more we normalize, the more we empower women, the more educated they are. And again, mm. knowledge is power. Secondly, seeking treatment. There should be access to treatment without any societal judgment or shame. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important to me as well. And there is a lot of shame around it because we live in an age of society and anything that is a marker of getting older like yeah. the menopause is a, and perimenopause is a marker yeah. of getting older yeah. it's almost like you don't want to tell anyone yeah. but you can thrive and yeah. you can be bossing in your work and oh, having yeah. wonderful I mean I'm single at the moment and yeah. loving life and yeah. all sorts of you know I don't feel any I don't want to go and live in the woods yet with yeah. a wart on my nose thank yeah. you very much but you know I mean look at all fairy tales as you grow up yeah. and you know all of the women that you're either a very young nubile princess or you're an old woman yeah. in the woods with a wart on your nose yeah thank you Disney right thank you so much and but um there is the, this wonderful 
got this like amazing period in your life where you can be thriving but also if you have a little bit of help and a bit of education you can you can go through this natural process whilst feeling really amazing and great and that's not to say that some of those symptoms aren't debilitating but with gentle pivots and change in education and treatments you can feel yourself again you can feel you know again this is another thing when they come in for their skin related treatments and you know oh oh. hello okay (laughs) just tied a a tiny firework that's fine we'll just go with it So when they come in, they often come to see for the skin-related changes. They don't realize it's partly because of the menopause. So we guide them. And then I say, okay, well, this might... I'm a big believer in starting with skincare. I think the things that Mm. you do at home, your homework makes a huge difference. And I often say to my patients, look, I can help you. But it's like you coming to the dentist, having a clean, but you don't brush your teeth at home. I need you to wear your SPF. I need you to use your (laughs) antioxidant in the morning. I need you to use your retinol because then Mm. your skin will be in its best shape for any injectables Mm. that we do or laser or microneedling. Whatever it is that they have. And, and on that report, by the way, the Glowing the Distance Guide, I have a full guide of what treatments will work. In oh, menopause. really? Yeah. Glowing the distance. Glowing the distance. Oh, my God, I'm going to read menopause that. Menopause Skin Report. Okay. It is a guide. So so patients can go on there. People can go on there and they can say, right, what is going to work for me in my perimenopause? What skincare should I be on? Retinol, what can that do? Vitamin C, what Great. will that do? Well, you know, all of that. Absolutely. So we've debunked a lot of stuff. What can laser do? What can microneedling and radiofrequency do? Should I invest in that or is that a waste of money? So we've debunked all of that and given them a guide. Um, So use that as a guide, as a tool, as an educational tool so that you can easily access this information that took me a heck of a long time to write and put together and, and to feel... Again, I guess feel heard and seen um, and, to, and to guide you of what will work and what won't work. But then, of course, which one is right for you will differ person to person. You know, yep. not everybody's the same. So um, I pivoted away from what I was saying. What was I saying? Oh, my God, it was so fascinating. <laughs> I want to read this report so much. So yeah. you give women advice of what to what's going to be effective at that particular time yeah. in their life. Yeah, And we talk about HRT. So sometimes women will go off and they'll start and it can be a gel, right? It can be testosterone gel. When I found out it was a gel, gel. I, I couldn't believe it because in my mind, because, yeah. I, you know, I've grown up reading scare stories about yeah. HRT. Yeah. In my mind, it's this huge, quite major medical intervention yeah. that comes with tons of risks. Whereas now it's bioidentical. Yeah. So it doesn't come with that risk yeah. does it or it's less risky less risky there's, um, there's you know the, again there's a spectrum of yeah, options absolutely. available but um when i found out it was a freaking gel i know and you just rub it on your wrist yeah. have and you I tried thought, it no i haven't <clears throat> at the moment my anxiety and <clears throat> my symptoms have been lessened to the point where they're very i can live with them because of lifestyle changes and supplements yeah those are working for me yeah however the minute it ramps up again, yeah. straight, straight, I have no yeah, problem taking HRT yeah. whatsoever. And and because I know what I know, I've been yeah. very lucky to be within this conversation, this, yeah. um, this bubble of yeah. conversation. I will not say take no for an answer. Yeah. I'm walking away with that HRT. Yeah. I think you have to, unfortunately, fight for your rights here. I think you do sometimes. Um, and, and it might be tiny little pivots and you can do it with lifestyle modifications. You know, we're doing a well-being workshop in December for women who are undergoing this kind of thing, like, yeah. you know, changes. And I think it, it could be HRT, it could be lifestyle change, it could be uh, sleep. I always say to my patients, listen, sleep, by the way, is medicine. <gasps> One hour before 12 is equivalent to two hours after 12. There are so many little things that you can do that can make a the huge joy impact. of going to bed early is my life changing i mean it's my favorite thing <laughs> um i used to be a real late night person and I, I want right and i decided yeah. i was like i wonder what it would be like to be an early morning oh. person yeah. it takes a while to turn the ship around yeah but i now love yeah. i get into i put my kids to bed and i tidy the kitchen and then i get into bed with 
a pot of Camelot tea and I'm in bed by 9.30 yeah. and I'm, you know, when you, you get sleepy, if you're watching yeah. television downstairs, yeah. you can't catch that wave. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're upstairs in bed, makeup off, yeah. house is tidy, off, things are right, right? <laughs> you can just reach over, yeah. lights out and you can catch Done. the wave of tiredness. Yeah. And now I wake up and I wake up at about six, I snooze for half an hour yeah. and I'm fresh and yeah. I feel good. It's sleep is the foundation. Absolutely. I, I think it's the actual, yeah. if you can get that right. Yeah. A lot of other things fall into place. Your food, your mood, your um, yeah. your decision making ability, yeah. uh, everything. Your your, your desire everything. to exercise. Yeah, yeah. To almost it's, it's, is that the most important? I think thing? so. I think so. I think if you're listening to your circadian rhythm and you're resetting it and you're doing what you're supposed to do and actually going to bed earlier, even the same hours of sleep. We know scientifically, if you're sleeping eight hours during the day, daylight hours compared to eight hours at night, it's not the same thing. It is so, glue. It yeah. is the glue, isn't it? It's the glue. It's the foundation. I've certainly made that change myself and seen the have difference. Have you? Yes. I mean, listen, I've got three kids. I've got a one-year-old. I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> you have to put um, a football team to bed. <laughs> I have to put a football It does certainly feel like that sometimes. And my football team still wakes up oh, and gets babe. into bed with me. Oh, my God. Um, and so there's like, you know, I go through the leaking breasts and the, you know, punamis. You know, the punamis. <laughs> oh, my God. I've forgotten about so that. All my kids are nine time. and 13, so they pretty much put themselves to bed. Obviously, I have to, like, monitor oh, and I check it. <laughs> it's amazing to be able to say... Um, can you get out of the bath, put your jammies on yeah. and brush your teeth? And I yeah. go and have tea. Laters. <laughs> it's amazing. And I come down and we do like chats and yeah. chats and lights. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's on its way to you. That freedom is on its way Thank to you. you. It's coming. It's Thank coming. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know now what I didn't know when I had my first child. I think when I had my first child, it was a lot more... I remember saying to my husband, um, I feel like I'm falling in a black hole and I can't <gasps> see the bottom. Such you know, like, a scary feeling when you think, I can't believe what have I let myself in for. And yeah. you don't realise it's actually going to end and that, yeah. you know, you can cherish those moments because yeah. it's not going to last. But at yeah. the beginning, yeah. and also like on a First Tuesday child, evening. In the beginning, nighttime oh. feeds, you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning. It's like dead and silent in the night and your, oh. your boobs are sore. You're engorged. Like, your baby's what? sucking for an hour. Oh, darling, you know, what do have I done? <laughs> and also, I mean, you know, even, even with the knowledge that it changes you, you can't yeah. cherish yeah sit i mean do you know what my one of my worst things is sitting in the playground yeah being bored out of my mind watching them play in the sandpit yeah. which you're supposed to be like oh cherish yeah, the yeah. moment yeah, i'm yeah. like no it's boring i'm bored i'm bored it's really boring i feel unfulfilled and unnourished the third time i've done it this week i'm bored jill <laughs> leave me alone i don't cherish There's this at all no judgment so but you know first child that was a real doom and gloom feeling because I was like, will this ever end? You know, because there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Now I've been there, done that, watched someone grow to nine. I'm like, okay, this too shall pass. It will be okay. So I'm I'm less... Um, Are you enjoying the third one more? Yeah. I Not more I because the first one's really special. Obviously the second one is gorgeous because you can't know what you're doing. But what's the different, fla what's the flavour of the third one? Okay. I mean, obviously not in terms of girl or boy, the I mean, like, but like the tone of your, the tone of your enjoyment. I'm going with or, the flow. I think this is, this. There, there's two flavors of my life right now. It's finding balance between work because I think I'm, I am a bit of a workaholic. I think but you've also work. worked really hard to build up a reputation and a practice and you've now got two. Is that right? You've got two. Two clinics, yeah. But two clinics. Yeah. So you have to be a workaholic to get there. Yeah. You, you, you can't be mega chilled yeah. and have two practices and have a reputation that's really robust. You just, but you do have that now. Yeah, I think, I, you know, people don't see the sores. They see the end result, right? And they oh. don't realize the grit and graft and hustle and the, the complexities and the late nights and the 
eight coffees a day I used to have and like sleeping four hours yeah. a day and all that. And I'm, I wear so many hats like you do. Like mm. I think all moms do. I'm a clinician. I'm a business owner. I'm a leader. I'm a speaker. I'm an educator. I, I, I run the clinic. And I'm somewhere in the, oh God, and somewhere in the middle of that, you're trying to drink water and you're and trying exactly. to eat right and you're trying to meditate and you're yeah. trying to, I mean. Yeah, sleep eight hours. It's not going to happen. I mean, I was, I was, I don't think I led a healthy lifestyle. So now when I talk about, I don't want to go back to my twenties, my twenties were, were grafting and hustling and yeah. when I first got married wonderful uh, but they were of their time of their time and each life phase has its own joys and ups and downs so the flavor of this is ba so the balance the flow and balance. With the flow yeah yeah so I'm like I mean I remember my first one it was all anxiety because I'm like oh my god he slept too much is he gonna die or oh my <laughs> yeah. god he's got a nappy rash is that is that is it the end? oh my god he's eating a rice cake he's choking I know and then second child falls over and you're like yeah you'll be fine and third child I'm just going I'm enjoying it because I know how quickly it goes yeah. And that's why I'm holding on to so many of my friends are like, you're still breastfeeding. Yes, I'm still breastfeeding. Yeah. I actually love it. I'm yeah. like nourishing my baby. Yes, I'm working. And yes. the bond <laughs> and the feeling. And yeah. yeah. And a, a, because you've got your two established clinics and you know, you're, you, yeah. do you, but I feel I know how to optimize my health and my time now. Yeah, now I'm saying knowledge. no, I'm more boundaries. I'm saying no to things that don't serve me. Mm -hmm. If it's not aligned with my goals, it's a no, respectfully, you know? Yeah, of course. And also I am getting myself to bed early. I do think the hour before <gasps> midnight is much more bad, is, but is equivalent to two hours after gold. midnight. So I it's go to gold. sleep earlier, I wake up earlier. I'm much more functional. I am much happier. I'm less mm. rageful and irritated. I show up as my best self. I'm not, you know, I, I hear my employees. I empower my other doctors that are working alongside me mm. so i now have made my own lifestyle modifications yes i've learned so much being Wonderful. in this industry so yeah i think also think when you've got those things um in place when the proverbial hits the fan which it does from time to time yeah i had a very very difficult uh experience this year i I won't, I won't even say, but I had very, diff very difficult. I really, oh, just knocked the, knocked the sail out, knocked, knocked the wind out of myself massively. But because I am now like a robot and I go to bed early and I have the, I have my tea yeah. and I go to bed and I get up and I go to the gym and I don't question any of those things. Yeah. I just do it. Yeah. I just do it. I have got, now got a routine that I'm yeah. very happy with and yeah. I'm very protective over. I what got through that really, really awful situation, oh God, imagine if it had been five years ago yeah. and I didn't have those healthy, wonderful, good disciplines in my life. I think it would have really screwed me. So you recovered quickly. I did. Yeah. I got through it and I found myself getting up and going to the gym, even though I just felt like absolute death warmed up and I felt so sad and so awful. Um, I found myself in the gym. Yeah. That's amazing. And then I'd like, there's like a couple of people there I really <laughs> like. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I got out of bed. And I, I now actually kind of feel okay. I can do my day. And I thought, imagine if this had been five years ago and I wasn't in a particularly great place. Yeah. How, what on earth would I, what kind of state would I be in? And I do think discipline is one of the best gifts you can possibly give True. yourself. True. Sleep, exercise, self-love. Yeah. Discipline is self-love. Discipline is an act of self-love. Going to bed, not pushing through, mm. not powering through, but going to bed at a time that's really good is the biggest self-love biohack. Biohack. You know, biohacking is a whole other podcast. But I Oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's really... All the little interesting things you can do that make yourself thrive. Yeah. 
are really fun and interesting. They really are. I mean, things like walking a mile a day. If you walk a mile a day, you can increase the length of your telomeres. Your telomeres are little strands of DNA that become shorter as you age and can contribute to things like decline in your mental ability, Alzheimer's, onset of dementia. And we know that walking increases the, increases the length of your telomeres and actually helps you to live longer. I did not know that. Thank you for that gift. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I love walking. Yeah. You're going to live forever. Also, you save, <laughs> you save so much money on Ubers. Yeah, it's true. But so it's good. It's good for, you. oh my God. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I love that fact. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, I've got so many facts. So tell me if you could say, if you could do a treatment earlier, what, what would you do? Tell you the treatment that I've just loved. Tell me. I just love this treatment so much. And can I name check the clinic? Because I just, yeah. I really love them. Yeah, yeah. It's a cosmetic skin clinic. Yeah. And God bless them. They yeah. are wonderful. And... Um, I have absolutely loved our therapy. Oh, I know yes, I've mentioned great, it before. It? Yeah. It's great. Yes. I feel like it hasn't changed my face. I look like me, yeah. but I just look like I've slept really, really well. And what I was noticing is even though I had changed my life yeah. and when I started to hit, when I hit 40, like yeah. 39, 40, even though I, I was really, I had really changed my routine. I had really done some great for me I'm so exciting new disciplines and, and a better way of living and I was really thrilled and I was proud of myself for making those changes but I, I felt like my face wasn't following on yeah, yeah. I felt like my face wasn't getting with the program yeah. and I felt <laughs> like the program man uh, right and I felt you know maybe it's being on television you know I do yeah. you know you, I saw my I saw myself on television I was like oh it's just so funny because I feel great and yeah. I feel like I'm really I'm thriving again yeah my kids have grown up and I've got time to myself and I've made these great changes and I've got space for myself now but my face has not got with the program and I got all therapy yeah and it made me feel on the outside like how I felt on the inside and mm. I was thrilled I love that but it wasn't extreme no it wasn't extreme people just said oh you look yeah. well yeah and I thought yeah I feel like my face is reflecting how I feel so, so I love that treatment for those who don't know our therapy is high intensity focused ultrasound um, micro focus ultrasound cell therapy and it's a treatment that delivers heat to the muscle causing the muscle to tighten and contract. And what we do know is as you age, and this happens in women, but not in men, there are certain muscles that start to become longer and lax, like the zygomaticus major and minor, it goes from the cheekbone to the lips. So you start to get this downward droopy lip, you start to get jowls, all therapy tightens that muscle back up. And that is actually in the guide, you know, the guide that I made, the menopause Is guide. it? We have talked about high intensity focus okay. ultrasound. Our therapy is one of them. There's also ultracell. I'm a big lover of ultracell. Oh, um, I don't know that one. Mm. So it's it's one. Are they the same? Are they similar? Very similar. Very similar. I used to do all therapy and move to ultracell only because I'm very pain. I didn't, the, the pain, therapy can be a little bit painful. It can be very hot. I didn't find, because <laughs> I've also had Morpheus. Yeah. Like, spicy too. That. <laughs> I found that to be extremely spicy because I found all therapy not too bad but no. then I've got but then we're talking comparison so comparison uh, Morpheus so, so was Morpheus quite... is microneedling radiofrequency so that's needles penetrating through the skin right. but by doing that it will stimulate new collagen yes so um, that will be spicier all therapy <laughs> ultracell high intensity focus ultrasound are no downtime they are non-surgical oh, they are heat based treatments magical. that will tighten up the muscle so whole different ball game i think we've got about five minutes left so the, these are treatments that are actually in the guide so what i would yeah. say to anybody who's going through perimenopause now is your time to invest in collagen stimulation things like morpheus 8 microneedling yes. radiofrequency secret rf what um, age is it just when you start to feel so the we need? age from the age of 25 right this is the yeah. fact facts of life we age from the age of 25 our testosterone goes down our collagen starts to deplete at a rate of 1.5 percent a year 
and that will continue. And then when we hit the menopause or the perimenopause and we complete the menopause, in those 10 years, you will lose 30% of your collagen. This is God-given. This is fact. This is not Dr. Euster's opinion. So what will ha- that's why they come into clinic because they go, I feel like I've aged overnight. My, like, what are all these lines of wrinkles and why do I have this laxity? It's because of that loss of, la- uh, yeah. of collagen. It's because of the laxity in the muscle that we are talking about earlier. It's because the bone density has shrunk back. Mm. It's all the layers. And I say to all my patients, every layer of the face needs to be in the same decade. Like lips come last. It's like the icing on the cake. You don't want Angelina Jolie lips and everything else collapsing. So you need to make sure. That's so <laughs> interesting. Yes, I love that philosophy. Yeah. Every layer of the face has to be, be in, in alignment. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the so, best sayings. What was the one you said earlier? Fill her up like an eclair or fill yeah. it like an eclair. Yeah, paper and us get monkeys. <laughs> yes. I can write these all down. Okay. Yes, every layer of the skin has to be in the same decade. Every layer of the face. Of the, the skin face. Is a layer. So the, Fine. the, the skin you want to Stimulate collagen and get yes. more collagen. Things like Sculptra polynucleotides. I just had that treatment. It's like... Po- say that slowly. Polynucleotides. It's basically... It's fish sperm. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Bring it. I don't have, I'll have it all. What does that do? It stimulates new collagen. So the polynucleotides are strands of DNA, very similar to fish. And it stimu- when you inject it, it stimulates new collagen. It's very similar to human DNA. So you get tighter skin better fine lines and wrinkles hollowing fills out it's amazing i had that treatment recently and you loved it love okay <laughs> on the list. so collagen stimulation is a huge one regenerative medicine is where we are going i think where we've been and where, which what will still be relevant of course is fillers but if you just feel like an eclair you're not gonna look healthy you're not gonna, you're gonna look distorted you yeah know? totally so fillers are there they're volumizers they should be used only to replace lost volume they cannot mm. tighten the muscle Hence the therapy. Right. So you're tightening muscle. You need something to tighten muscle. You want to stimulate collagen. That's not filler. That's yeah. radius, sculpture, polynucleotides, microneedling, radiofrequency. But because you're losing collagen so rapidly in the menopausal phase, yeah. now's your time to invest in collagen stimulation. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. I mean, that's just the menu is just fabulous yeah. and wonderful. I mean, yeah. if someone has very limited funds, which we kind of all do at yeah. the moment, yeah. um, and they're perimenopausal and they're experiencing, what is the most, what is the best value for money treatment that you would advise for a perimenopausal woman or man? Depends on their their individual pattern of aging. If their skin has undergone a lot of sun damage, I would say radiofrequency microneedling you want, and at-home care retinol. So okay. that's your investment. Your microneedling and radiofrequency. SPF. And rest of it. SPF is a no-brainer. It's like, like a, putting on your underwear in the right, morning. Just it's do a, it. It's a month. Just don't question yeah, it. It's not right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. If you're jowly and you're starting to lose the definition in your jawline and that's bothering you, high intensity focus ultrasound is a no-brainer. Great. Both of these treatments are treatments that I've had. I'd advocate are hugely impactful and are not. They're not injecting you with any foreign body. They are getting your body to work for itself. Mm. All therapies put or ultracell high intensity focus ultrasounds putting your muscles back into their original position yeah. radiofrequency microneedling stimulating new collagen so those are the things that i think i love them both with. because they don't you don't look different yeah i mean you do look but you look at yourself yeah i have two last questions okay question number one as a working mom of two i know how hard it is you're acing it question, <laughs> uh, no you, i mean i just uh, pretend you're acing it. and you're on social media a lot. how can you have it all and how do you create healthy boundaries um i think it depends on what you call all um i think that i have so many wonderful things in my life and at the moment um i'm incredibly grateful and happy with where things are at obviously i've had to sacrifice lots of work 
because I want to collect my kids from school and I want to be around and be present. Yeah. So there are lots of things that I've had to say no to and projects yeah. and opportunities, but I now have a really good relationship with my kids. Yeah. And at the moment, yeah. they love hanging out with me, I think. Yeah. And my daughter's 13. And so that I would class as, a, for me, a huge success. My daughter loves to watch films with me. We go paddleboarding. We go learning wakeboarding together. She is uh-huh. divine. Uh-huh. Um, and my son is nine and he's divine too. And, you know, I think that is wonderful. Um, and I'm so unbelievably grateful to have a career that I find interesting and engaging and is different every day. Yeah. So it all is dependent on what you classify as all. But for me to have a family that is loves me and I love them yeah. and friends that yeah. love me and I love them yeah. and a career together yeah that's I feel like I've yeah that's I'm you have to make sacrifices that are right for you I really relate to that I like can't do everything more. yeah and I think you have to have really firm for me I think I have I have very firm boundaries mm. and in the summer I, I unapologetically take time off Wonderful. I have a complete digital detox great hand over to someone else and I'm like I'm with my kids this is my kids time and it has to be uninterrupted time and it's not like when you know and then when you come back and you've had that guilt-free time off with your kids they know that yeah. mom's focused and available the world hasn't ended. Yes. It's not like your bank account is empty and your business is crumbling. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. Things can wait. Prepare for it, you yeah. know, make sure that there's infrastructure in place and if things need to be answered and stuff, yeah. prepare for it. Yeah. But do it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think rest and revitalization. My daughter reminds me of that all the time. She yeah. says, um, you know, if I'm on the phone, she says, Mom, just put the phone down. If I'm watching a movie, she's like, watch a movie with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry. I know. Because I expect that of her as well. Yeah. And I think they watch, they watch and see you and they learn. That oh, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, our actions speak volumes. And I know we're just watching a film, yeah. but watching it with someone yeah. is very different to watching it while Next someone's someone. on their phone. Yeah, it's intentional. It's, different, it's intentional time, isn't it? It's yeah. like your phone doesn't have it to be. It absolutely is. Get, put it away. Put it away and watch it yeah. together. Yeah. That's, again, you know, I told you this is my phase in life is balanced right now. Mm. It's, I, I, I could like just relate to that so much because I'm so about being present. And when, when I'm with my kids, I'm like, my phone is away. And it's hard because it's dopamine and it's an addiction and we have yeah. to all admit that we're addicted to it because if you have a phone, yeah. you probably are. Yeah. But like anything, balance. Yeah. So there's the balance is putting it away and it does feel good actually. It does. And I also, I think, communicate your boundaries with people. Yeah. So I will say to my managers, call me if there's an emergency. Of course I want to know. If there's an emergency, pick up the phone, call me, I'll pick, it, I'll pick up the phone. But I'm not going to look at my messages. Yeah. So emergencies, call me. And I'm a medical yes. practitioner. I'm on call, to be honest, 24-7. Yes. Um, and but, I'll but, respond to all calls. But be respectful but of it. Be respectful. Yeah. And if you need to make a payment that can wait till tomorrow, maybe call me tomorrow instead. <laughs> right? Yeah. I said to my, I went all day with my kids recently and it was so such a lovely holiday. I think it was one of my favourite holidays I've ever been on. It was just, like a, just a really happy holiday. Yeah. We went with these gorgeous people who were just so heavenly and lovely. You know, lots of like playing card games and drinking rosé and like yeah. lot. They were just like, did yeah. I, did, I just divine. Um, and I said to my management, if you've got good news, feel free to send it. And yeah. if it's bad news, yeah. just don't tell me. Yeah. I just want this. Yeah. I want this holiday to yeah. be like happy and joyful yeah. and fun. Yeah. So those are the boundaries. Yeah. If, it, if you need me. Yeah. Because it's the house load, is burning down. It's, it's, but if it's anything that's yeah. anything that's going to put me off course and just yeah. stop me feeling really present and happy with my kids, just yeah. we can wait. It's mental capacity. It's mental load. Is bandwidth. Is respecting that. It absolutely is. Okay. And last question. Um, if you could say something to your younger self, what would that be? Such a brilliant and difficult question. What would I say? 
This is, this is silly. It's not silly. No, because I was really, I just wanted to be a tall, skinny supermodel so badly and like really, really, really thin. You kind of look like that to me. You're silly and I love <laughs> But I was really good at sport. Yeah. I am still good at sport, yeah. but I was really good at sport. Yeah. And uh, in like all the teams and loved my teams. Like we were so good. We played lacrosse. We were such a good team and it was such a happy time. But I was, I always hated my athletic body. I always felt ashamed of it, even though it was strong and fast and brilliant. And I would love to go back to her and say, listen, don't worry, because in 10 years time, women with athletic bodies will be allowed to exist and be allowed, you'll have value. So just, you might as well just do it now. Like love your strength, love your speed, love your tenacity, love your metal, because that is just as much of a woman as someone who is different from you and who is maybe shy and a bit mysterious and might be more like classically feminine. But your love of life and your energy is just as feminine. You're just as much of a woman as anyone else. Oh my God. I love that. What the hell have we so done? You to might women, as well. Huh? You might as well have a great time and love yourself because oh. don't worry. In fifteen years, people will be loving people who you know. We now celebrate athletes, female oh, athletes. Absolutely. So that's absolutely. what I would say. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it makes me really wonder about what we as society have done to women to make them uh-huh. feel chronically not good enough but anyway conversation for another day Absolutely. i think there's a part two coming Cherry. oh listen you ask me to jump i'm like how high um i've learned so much from you in this chat Likewise. it's been as glorious as i thought it would be um you are just divine I, whatever you need i got you thank you likewise <laughs> thank you so much okay well till next time thank you so much thank you